Welcome to the Script Bits podcast for Wednesday, 29 June 2022. Our bit today is taken from Psalm 63, verse 1, and that says, O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsted for thee, my flesh longed for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is. And so, Wednesday opens somewhat cloudy, but no real signs of rain that the earth and the plants are now dying to receive. Yes, friends, the absence of heavenly blessing is becoming crucial for Mother Nature to continue exhibiting her marvelous colors and eye-catching beauty. So, let's hope and pray that some heavenly water will soon rain down on us and the parched land that is unfortunately afflicted with thirst. That brings to mind Brother David's words in Psalm 63, subtitled, God Satisfies the Thirsting Soul. And sadly, ever so many of our souls are thirsty for God. Some of us know that we thirst for God, but others don't know it. They just know that something's wrong, that something essential is missing from their lives, and they can't be satisfied with life as they keep searching for that essential missing link. Now, here is how Brother David puts it in the psalm with eloquence and heartfelt emotion. O God, thou art my God, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsted for thee. My flesh longed for thee in a dry and thirsty land where no water is, to see thy power and thy glory, so as have I seen or looked for thee in the sanctuary. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Thus will I bless thee while I live. I will lift up my hands in thy name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow, that's the best, and fatness, that's abundance. And my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips when I remember thee upon my bed and meditate on thee in the night watches for oh, my people, my people. And that comes from Psalm 63, 1 to 6. Tell me now, how many of us actually taking refuge in the wilderness? that's a dry and thirsty land, would write such a glowing testimony to the Lord, eh? especially after he had anointed you to be king, but had you running and hiding from, hiding from the current king like a common criminal? Not many of us, I can assure you. But Brother David did because he felt the awesome power and call of God in his life and from his personal experience with God, knew that, as Brother Paul said many eons later, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called, who are the called according to his purpose. And we all know that comes from Romans 8.28. Yes, friends, life is not a bed of roses. It has never been since our forefathers, Adam and Eve, got kicked out of the Garden of Eden 
and sin became an inherent part of our nature. And it will only become that way again when Jesus returns and sets up his kingdom. But until then, we need to truly believe in Jesus and stand strong and steadfast for him in this evil and terribly ungodly world. That is our bounden duty as believers and ambassadors. And we must learn to take the good with the bad. As the father of patience, Job said so dramatically to his wife, what shall we receive or accept good at the hand of God? And shall we not receive or accept evil? That's calamity. And that comes from Job 2.10. Ah, my brethren, at times life can surely be a rough and rocky road to tread. But with the amazing love and sacrifices of Jesus working to our benefit on our behalf, and his Holy Spirit dwelling within us and guiding us over the rough patches, we need not be afraid or worried. Yes, we must be concerned and responsible, but never worried or afraid, because our Lord and Savior has faithfully promised to take care of us. And if you don't believe me, just listen to these awesome promises of his great invitation, where he says, Come unto me. All ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of or from me. For I am meek and lowly in heart, that's gentle and humble, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And there again, we all know that comes from Matthew 11, 28 to 30. Now, who else but our wonderful Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has both the boldness and the power to make such an amazing offer? Nobody else could do it. And that's the underlying principle that Brother David must have known and felt when he wrote Psalm 63. And I do like how the scholars explain the psalm. They say, the location of the writing of the psalm is described generally as in the wilderness of Judah. Unlike many of the psalms written in these dire situations, however, this psalm is overflowing with thanksgiving rather than lament and petition. David declares his longing for spiritual renewal. That's in verses 1 to 2. In verses 3 to 6, he expresses his thankful mood. Meanwhile, he gives voice to his trust in God in verses 7 to 8, and he announces his hope for the future in verses 9 to 11. Enemies are mentioned only in passing. That's in verses 9 to 10. Mama Mia, what a strong and enduring faith and trust Brother David had in the God of his forefathers. And you know what? I believe the Lord loves... What I believe the Lord loves so much about Brother David is that despite his frail and fatal flaws as a man and all the hardship he was forced to endure, much of it innocently, he never turned away from worshipping and seeking him. And that's why he could call him his friend and a man after his own heart. And you could find that information in 1 Samuel 13, 14 
and Acts 13.22. Oh, my fellow saints, these are times like Brother David faced in the wilderness. The enemy is making desperate attempts to steal our joy and peace in the Lord by raining on our parade in so many ways. But like Brother David, we need to seek our Heavenly Father with the hunger and thirst that the enemy cannot ever kill. And like Brother David, we should emphatically declare, because thou hast been my help, therefore in the shadow of thy wings will I rejoice. My soul followeth harder after thee that's close behind thee. Thy right hand upholdeth me. But those that seek my soul to destroy it shall go into the lower parts of the earth. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion or a prey for foxes that jackals. But the king shall rejoice in God and everyone that sweared by him shall glory. But the mouth of them that speak lies shall be stopped. Oh, baby, mama. And that comes from Psalm 63, 7 to 11. Yes, friends, but Brother David hit the nail right on the head there. Those that believe in Christ shall rejoice, while those that blaspheme his holy name will end up in Hades in hellfire. Now, for those of us who truly believe and also behave like we believe, let's go home declaring our right. We spell declaring right. Let's go home declaring our Wednesday will, letting all and sundry know of our most excellent position in Christ Jesus. So, as one strong, confident, and sincere voice, Wednesday, 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 I'm so glad to be alive on this Wednesday. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Thank God the breath of life is still flowing through me on this Wednesday. I'm halfway home. My hands are fixed securely on the plow, and I'm not turning back. I'm not looking back at the past, not focusing on what has gone before, but my eyes are fixed straight ahead. Yes, my people, let's fix those eyes straight ahead to a glorious future with Jesus. Glory, hallelujah. And now, please never forget that if we endure to the end, like Brother David did, that promised future will be even greater than we can ever ask or imagine. So please, please, let's hang in there for Jesus' sake, now my faithful brethren. Much love. And the postscript for today says, Truly living for Jesus, oh, it's such a joy, a joy that no one or nothing can ever steal. And that's the indisputable fact, my people. Nobody can ever steal the joy of Jesus unless we allow them to. So please, let's get out there and live for him. Show that joy to everybody else so that they too can come to love and know him like we do. And we pray that in his mighty name. Amen. Please have a blessed day, my people. Much love.